Welcome to the Salty Club podcast. I am your host, Caitlin Creeper. The Salty Club is where we bring surf, yoga, nutrition, empowerment, and community under the same roof. We've found that when a person invites these five facets into their life, they become a force to be reckoned with. Join me for interviews and solo casts on all these topics and more. The idea is to share the inspiring stories of adventurers, experts, and game changers. People who have wandered from the conventional path and are doing life on their terms. Thanks for being here and let's do this. I'm here today with Georgia Goodhue. Georgia is an Australian like me living in Manchester and she's a menstrual mindset coach and founder of Going Menstrual. She helps women and people who menstruate create inner success by connecting and harnessing the innate power of their cycles. Georgia, thanks so much for being here today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Can you tell me a bit about Going Menstrual, how it started, how the idea started, and a bit about its evolution to what it is now? Sure. Um, So my sort of journey into my menstrual cycle awareness started maybe like four years ago. So I was on the pill flat 14 years and I came off it and I was just like blown away by what was happening to my body, like emotions and discharge and everything. Um, So I've spent like the last sort of three or four years just going quite deep into finding out as much as I could about myself and about how my cycle affects me naturally. Um, Going menstrual, I started at the start of the year. I think uh, lockdown actually was quite good for me because it allowed me the space to figure out actually what I'm passionate about because I work as a primary school teacher normally. Um, So it gave me a bit of time just to really leap into it I guess um and since then it's it's been amazing so many people have sort of reached out to me to say that there's so much information that they didn't know about and um I think the older you get the more you want to learn more about yourself and I think it's a really empowering thing to to get that knowledge so yeah definitely so as we were talking uh, before we started recording, um, many of us, when we were younger, we were taken to the doctor to be put on the pill, sometimes very shortly after we started menstruating. Can you talk a bit about your experience with the pill and things that you wish you had known that girls still would be told and, yeah, what you wish more women knew about it? Yes, for sure. I'm super passionate about this because... You just, you're not really told anything, to be honest. So I went on the pill when I was 14. I had really bad skin. I went on Roaccutane, which is a medication. Um, But if you fall pregnant, if you're on Roaccutane, then it can affect um, your pregnancy. But obviously, like, I mean, I was 14. I wasn't having sex at all. There was never a conversation about how I could have avoided pregnancy without using the pill. So Mm -hmm. they sort of just threw me on it. And then I don't remember, because I got my period quite early, I was like 10 or 11, but I don't remember ever being that consistent, which is normal when you're um, just starting your cycles off. So I don't really remember life at all, like having a period as a teenager. And then um, I tried to come off it several times and my skin got worse again, because essentially what the pill does, it takes your skin back to like a prepubescent level which is like lovely, like your skin's looking really nice, but (laughs) it's not natural at all. And then when you come off it, your skin's like, oh my God, what is going on? And it just like overproduces lots of sebum. So that's why you get bad skin again. And it's a bit of like a vicious cycle in that way. Um, And then only like, oh, maybe like a year ago, I actually learned about how important ovulation actually was. And that sort of blew my mind. 
because ovulation is the key event of our cycle. Like everything is impacted by ovulation. You only bleed because of ovulation and all your emotions and your hormones and your cervical mucus is because of ovulation. And if you're not experiencing ovulation, then you're not experiencing all the hormones that support like heart health and bone health and can prevent dementia and those sorts of things. So it's a lot more than just turning off your cycle until you're ready to have a baby. Like it's like, that's all that we're useful for in terms of doctors ideas about the pill, I guess. Wow. And it's true with the ovulation thing. I think so many of us only knew it and still know it in terms of, well, this is when I can get pregnant, but we don't have any concept or language around, uh, the whole system and the whole process and like in that medical lens, just see it as, well, this is the the framework, the time I can get pregnant and this is the time I can't. We don't have any concept of how it affects everything. Yeah, exactly. It's wild. It's just like, if if you don't know, then you don't know. And if you're never taught about it, then you're never to know sort of what you're missing out on, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I feel like the birth control options for women out there are really not great. Like we either have to flood our body with hormones Mm. or else put in things like the copper IUD, which can cause discomfort and cause extra bleeding and make periods painful. I mean, what, what do you recommend to women wanting to be on birth control, but who don't really find any of the widely available options out there helpful? Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because sorry, I went to a talk by this amazing woman. Her name's Dr. Lara Bryden. So she's a uh, women's health like scientist and she was just saying that like it's so archaic that like that they are the only options available to us um and that she thinks that like in if you know in years to come it'll be a bit of a face palm moment for why women women were put on the pill for so long Mm. um so the options are it's a bit tough in terms of like how to do it safely i guess if you're really trying to avoid a pregnancy it's definitely easier if you're not currently in a partnership or sexually active all the time because so for example i um track my cervical mucus and i track my basal body temperature so there are two methods um that you can use but again you have to be quite strict on it it's not as easy as just you know popping a pill every morning but again i think like having the knowledge of how to track my cervical mucus and my basal body temperature is so empowering again it makes you that much more connected to your cycle rather than just blindly you know taking the pill every morning or you know doing it that way where you just don't really care as much Mm, definitely I mean what do you think about fertility apps and tracking apps that people have on their phones have you seen them to be effective or helpful at all or is it a little bit more than that uh, yeah, they're definitely helpful. I, I think that's where like I first started when <clears throat> when I came off the pill, I had like a period tracker app, which sort of just reminded me when I got my period. But for me, I, I think it's a lot more about like connecting to myself and having that deeper knowledge of myself. So for me, the apps can only sort of go so far in that reasoning in that it has options for you, but because everyone's so different, there's never an option of exactly how you're, or how you're experiencing your symptoms that day sort of thing. But I definitely use, I use an app to track my basal body temperature because that's quite a specific sort of algorithm. It's like to point to a degree of your temperature. So that's easier for me to track. Um, And I have an app for cervical mucus as well, which is also handy. So I think it's a bit of a, whatever you want to use that works for you. Um, Definitely the app if you're maybe someone who's time poor or someone who... um, 
is a bit confused about it or is just beginning, the apps are a really great way to start, I think. And there's so many out there to choose from. It's just a, a base of really getting to know what works for you best. Mm, awesome. Thanks for that. Um, you talk a lot about connecting with yourself more and this process of feeling into yourself more. And I mean, when I was on the pill, I definitely did feel disconnected from myself. But can you talk about how someone who might be coming off the pill and can't really remember what these things feel like or has never experienced what this feels like, how would you describe that starting to get to know yourself and starting to get in tune with your, ovul your ovulation, your cycle, where you are in your cycle? How would someone start to connect with that, someone who's been disconnected from that for a long time? I think uh, when you come off the pill, it's a bit of like a like a deer in the headlights situation. So like, straight, <laughs> like you're sort of overwhelmed by it all. Mm -hmm. And I, for me, especially that was a thing that like took me down this path because, because I was just so shocked that I hadn't felt any of this before. Because it'd been like 14 years, right? And even like when you're on the pill, you have like no sex drive and just you're like mm -hmm. a baseline because you're a baseline hormones, like it's baseline emotions and I just like was confused about why one day I was feeling so happy and like jovial and the next day I was just like no resilience, like no one come near me. I'm, I don't want to borrow you sort of thing. <laughs> um, so for me, it's been like quite a transition from starting to where I am now. So when I started out, um, I just started tracking. So I got sort of like an A3 piece of paper and just separated it into 28 days. And then every day I just wrote down a few words. I mean, you can even do one word a day and it's just, looking back on your day and thinking like what was sort of my word of the day you could think so sometimes when I get my period I feel really tenacious and that's the word that always comes up for me um mm. for me getting my period feels a bit like a rebirth like I'm ready and raring to go on something after feeling quite subdued before that um so it's just a process of like slowing down I guess which is you know, going into those feminine energies more like slowing down, letting go, being in like the receiving mode rather than pushing and pushing and pushing, which is what the pill does. Like you're just going and going and going all the time and you're not honoring your body at all. Yeah. And I feel like this is quite a reflection on society as well, which is set up in a very masculine sort of way. I mean, the work week and the work month is the same every single yeah. day and every single month. And I feel like there can be some pushback when you start to connect to this part of yourself because to try say, well, I'm in a slower part of my cycle or I'm in a more emotional part of my cycle, it, I feel like it can be hard to learn to trust that because you have this conditioning to be, like you said, go, 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 achieve, achieve, achieve all the time. Yeah, exactly that. You're just not, you're not aware of it until you start to try and honour it and then I think you still do have that sort of pushback. Like I still for a couple of years, like try to go really hard with exercise, um, you know, doing HIIT workouts every day of the month, which isn't ideal. But I think it is still, yeah, it's just a, like a process really of being kinder to yourself and actually figuring out what works best for you. And what works best for us might not work best for someone else, but it's definitely not that, you know, masculine way of just yeah as you said like achieving and going and going and going and going and going every day because you're going to burn yourself out and you're going to overwhelm yourself and mm. that's your body's I mean when you get burnt out and overwhelmed though that's your body's way of telling you like you've gone you've gone too hard you need to you need to calm down a bit 
Mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, on that note, you touched on the, the training and that you were trying to do HIIT work, workouts every day. Could you talk a bit, because I know this was huge with our members and a lot of them hadn't even heard this before and it was so helpful to them. Could you talk to them a bit about how our cycle can affect our training performance and how we can kind of instead plan our, our um, month's training around that a bit? Yeah, for sure. So I think as well, like this process sort of gives you a much deeper understanding of your body and like a, a reverence for it, I guess, in what it can do. Um, so having that like respect for your body, I think is such an important thing. So one of the, like the wildest things that I read was about the, um, U S women's soccer team and how they like put down some of their great achievements to the way they've trained by identifying where they were in their cycle and training to suit that. that. Mm -hmm. I know. I thought it was so amazing. And it was like, I just hadn't heard about anything being like so tailored specifically to a woman's cycle before. And I thought that was just incredible. Um, so there's definitely times in your cycle and I've been lately, I've been trying to do a bit of like beta, is it beta beta testing on myself to like biohack my cycle. (laughs) So last month I thought I'd try and like exercise a bit more during my period and see how that felt. Um, and like I, it actually, cause before I sort of went down the route of doing nothing during my period. So I thought I'd give it a go, but I was really conscious of the fact that I had to, I couldn't go that hard and I had to just listen to my body. So it's definitely about deciding where you are in your cycle and connecting to your body, seeing how it feels in your body and deciding what's best for you on that day. But generally like during your, when you're bleeding, it's a time to, you know, go a lot slower. It's a time for nice gentle yoga or walking. Um, As you go into your pre ovulatory time, it's like your estrogen is picking up. So you'll have more energy and you want to get out there, but it's important to, save 20% is what they say, save some energy so that when you get to your ovulatory time, you still have lots of energy. Mm. Um, During your ovulatory time, it's a good time to do those HIIT workouts, to really go for it. You'll have heaps of energy. That's probably a time where you realize at the gym, like, oh, I can do like 20 push-ups and not feel tired at all. Um, But you'll soon probably figure out as you move into your premenstrual time, you'll try and do those 20 push-ups again and you'll be like, I don't know what's going on. I'm so exhausted. <laughs> I felt so good a few days ago. Um, yeah, so it's definitely a way to just listen to your body and do what works for you. Mm, I, I noticed a few years ago as well, and this isn't something I've fleshed out more, but now I think it could totally be true from everything you're saying is when I started surfing I noticed at different times of the month I was really brave I would take more risks I was more uh, resilient and then there were other times of the month where I felt really vulnerable and really scared and I only kind of wanted to go really safe and I had noticed other women say similar things as well so I think that would be a really interesting thing to work with with surfing as well a hundred percent. I was surfing a bit last year in Central America. And I remember like during my ovulatory time, like I went out and just killed it on a few waves. And then a few days later I went out and just got, I got whacked in the head by the board. And then I went and sat on the beach and cried for a bit. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to go back out. I'm going to give it a go. And I got whacked in the boob by the board. And I was like, Georgia, what are you doing? Like go back in. And then I looked at my cycle chart and it was like day 17, 18, which is historically not a great day for me. And I was like, mm-hmm. I should have checked that before I really tried to push myself. <laughs> but it's so true. You do, you feel vulnerable at times. You feel like a bit more hesitant, I guess, because you've lost that sort of 
peaked energy your body knows yeah definitely and the thing is especially as surf and and many sports are male dominated can you talk a bit about the male cycle because men do have a cycle right uh, so, the, like, the primary male sex hormone is testosterone. So, for them, if you look at a male monthly um, hormone chart, it's pretty much baseline. So, they have their testosterone, like, peaks normally in the morning and then dips throughout the day. But it, for the most part, it's pretty, like, static, I guess. And if you look at the comparison to a female monthly hormone chart where our primary sex hormones are estrogen and progesterone ours are just like up and down and you know crashing and peaking and dipping so men definitely do and i think men sort of live more in like a day-to-day cyclical way but they definitely don't um i mean from what i know experience it in the same way which i think is sometimes hard for them to truly like have a deep understanding of what we're experiencing or going through or have as much empathy as they could have. <laughs> yeah, it just really explains so much why at some point of the month I can take a joke from my boyfriend and be really in there and we can be like making these jokes together and that the next week I can be so oversensitive and it can yeah. just, yeah, so it really just explains so much and I think that would be so helpful if partnerships and if people were more aware of that because it's true, you know, we really are different and we really are wired differently. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I like I've spoken to quite a lot of men about it because I'm quite open. Like when I was traveling, I was always filling in my menstrual chart and they would be like, what are you doing? And so I'd sort of explain it to them. And um, if you put it in a way that is like, well, wouldn't you want to know like when, how you can support your partner more throughout the month? Like to know that some days you might have to, you know, make sure that dinner's cooked or like the house is cleaned or just do some more for her without her having to ask. And they were like, oh, actually, yeah, that would be really helpful. Yeah, definitely, because you're telling them how it can improve their partner's life, which can then improve their life. And exactly. Yeah, definitely. I mean, how did you start to learn about this and find information about this? Because I wish so much it was taught in sex ed, but of course all we learn in sex ed is don't get pregnant. I mean, oh, I would you like to see this taught in schools? And yeah. So much so. I think like... Like reflecting on it recently, I thought it was wild that I knew more about like how boys experience wet dreams than I did about my own body. Mm-hmm. Like even when you go down the path of like learning nothing about like being sexual as a female or anything to do with that, and it's just you sort of get like the the pad pack and you get to put a tampon in a water bottle, and that's that was the literally the extent of my my knowledge I learnt as a, a young person in regards yeah. to it all. And I, I definitely, think like, oh, sorry, you go. Uh, well, I, it's that it, that's it. I definitely think there is talk about male pleasure, but it's almost seen as the whole act of sex. And I think it, that is touched on in school and in education, like you said, like male wet dreams, yeah. all of that, but not once do I recall being young and having a mention of female pleasure or the act no. of sex, in, even foreplay or anything like that. It's wild, isn't it? And I know like recently in Australia, they brought out um, a sort of sex ed program. And it was like, I don't know if it's still going. I haven't looked at it recently, but it got shot down by a lot of people for it being too, I don't know what they deemed it to be inappropriate, I guess. But I mean, research shows that especially young women, if you know your cycle and you know when you're ovulating and you know when you're fertile, 
that empowerment gives you you can have sex safely you don't have to engage in risky sexual behaviors you can live your life feeling empowered and having that knowledge Mm, definitely it's so important I know it makes such a difference and I think even a lot of women around my age so I'm 31 they're I think there's like a bit of a sense of shame of not knowing this information about themselves. But I, as I always say, like if we were never, it was never a priority and we were never taught about anything. And if you're never taught about it and it, it's not as if it wasn't even taught, but it was just never mentioned at all. Yeah. Like none of it. So how are you ever to know unless you experience it or you experience enough like negative effects of it all to want to have to find out more? Mm -hmm. And I think you're so right about that. Um, So many women can feel ashamed that they don't know because we have this expectation on ourselves to be Mm -hmm. these empowered, switched on women. And that can filter through in our sex lives as well, because we think, well, we should be empowered and we should know what we like and we should know this, but sometimes we just don't. But if, and the same with our cycles and with all this knowledge, but if you're scared to admit and start from the start and just start asking questions and letting yourself learn, you will always be in that space where we're all kind of pretending to each other. Be like, yeah, we're good. We're fine. Like yeah. we know our bodies, but I think exactly that. there definitely can be the shame around just saying, I don't really know my body. Yeah, and there's a big shame as well, I think, around, so menarche. Menarche is like when you experience your first period. So, like, so many, I know I had, like, my first, my menarche wasn't great, and I know a lot of people who are <laughs> similar, and you carry that shame around with you for so many years, and it's just, you have to let it go, and I had to sort of grieve as well, like, all the years I didn't get to experience a natural cycle. When I realised how important it was, I was like, oh, my God, I've missed out on so many good things because of that. And I had to sort of go through a bit of a grieving process to come out the other side to empower myself more, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I know for me all the years in high school wearing tampons and I think you've touched on it in, on your page as well, is that thing about all of the tampon strings hanging out and there was just this shame around the tampon string and no one could ever see it. And, but then I switched, uh, until I got pregnant, I switched to a menstrual cup and that just seeing my blood each time I went to the bathroom, I, each time I emptied it, it actually just made me feel so powerful. And it made yeah. me, it made me feel really connected to myself to be able to physically see the blood and actually handle it. And then I think of all these times, all these years before where just the tampon was just seen as this filthy thing and you had to just hide any evidence that you ever had a period. Exactly. And like, I know it's spoken about by other women in the sense of tampon sort of like, plugging yourself up like you know you're trying to avoid seeing anything like you whip it out throw it straight in the bin you don't want to like have anything to do with it whereas using something like a menstrual cup or like period underwear you like that freeness of like being able to bleed freely and like connect to your blood and actually yeah see like the innate power that it has is such a powerful sort of mindset shift yeah exactly i mean i know in ancient ancient times I remember reading about it I think it was Egypt but they used to celebrate that like someone's first blood was seen as so holy and then you would go and pour it into like trees and then that tree would be holy and it was like seen yeah. as this magical thing and then now to be where we are now I think we are getting 
better, but definitely in that stage where we were around our age in high school, I'm not sure how it is for high school girls now, but like you said, it was definitely that thing of you need to get the blood away as quickly as possible. And it's a, it's a dirty thing. Exactly. It's just, yeah. I know like there's still people now that use their blood to like put into you know, plants and stuff in their garden because it's such, they even use, um, I read recently they use menstrual blood as a way to create new um, cells for like research and things like that. Like it's just super, it's super powerful and we don't, you don't even realise it. But I think, I mean, recent recently I've been thinking more that that's maybe the point of it all, of them, sort of the patriarchy, I guess, in inverted commas, doesn't want us to know how powerful we are and for us to realize that because I mean as someone who has a womb you are just the source of creation really and you have that like amazing power within you to create not only like children but to create anything that you desire exactly exactly and until you experience it it can be a bit hard for people to understand or think that that's just some like woo woo but it's yeah. not because <laughs> when you do experience that you do experience this power this connectedness this intuition and like yeah. you said this creativity which isn't just arts and crafts it's this create creativity that you can create any opportunity you want for yourself you can make shit happen and exactly. that with my cycle as well and I think you're completely right there is this knowledge out there that once a woman connects with herself in that way, she does become really unstoppable. And exactly. I think fear is probably why there are so many things set up to keep us disconnected from ourselves and kind of trick us into being ashamed about it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like if you knew the things you could birth, no matter what that is, mm-hmm. um, and you knew that you had that power and you had the power every month to like create and then develop and then go back and like, edit and then restart again it's just and that that's the exciting thing for me that I know that it it happens again every month and I have that power again every month to do all of those amazing things mm-hmm, definitely um the other thing that goes on a I haven't seen you write about this so I don't know how you see it but the other thing that happens on a monthly cycle is the moon do you see any correlation with women's cycles in the moon do you feel like they're connected at all Yeah, I definitely do. I think, um, so it's hard because I've read so many conflicting things. Uh Like, so some, some sort of studies say that it's, you know, by random that women, because your cycle might not be the exact same length as the moon cycle. Um, but Mm -hmm. I think once you start tracking, you sort of realize, so I know every month that I bleed around a new moon, and then I ovulate around mm-hmm. a full moon. I think that's it. It might be the other way around. Um, but then, so it's sort of, t- it's done in terms of if you're, I think it's called like a white cycle or a red cycle, depending on where you ovulate and where you menstruate. And they sort of mm-hmm. uh, represent different things. But I know women have found that they have changed, like depending on what they sort of need in their life at that time, their cycle has changed to adapt to the, the lunar energies. But it is, it's super fascinating. Once you sort of start checking in and realising patterns, you'll, you'll start to realise that you probably will, um, some, some event of your cycle will probably happen around that time. Mm-hmm. So what I'm getting is it's just really important to be looking at your own cycle and like you said, actually physically getting out a chart and tracking it because you're not going to remember last week what happened. You're not going to remember... No 
how you felt even a few days ago. So it yeah. seems like it is really important to have a chart and to be physically taking down some notes each day. Yeah, exactly. That's why I think like the apps can only sort of take you so far. And for mm -hmm. me, like there's such a beautiful connection as you like from the brain to the hand as you write. And so much more, it's like when you journal, right? So much comes out that you don't even realize until you've sort of written it down. Um, mm -hmm. Why it's such like a powerful practice. It's so true. It's so true. Uh, last week you shared on the Instagram, you shared about in autumn, it is in a summer and kind of the inner seasons. Could you tell me a bit more about what they are? Yeah, sure. So um, I got my understanding of the inner seasons from this is amazing woman that, um, own I think you call it a company a business it's called Red School so for me that's sort of like the grandmothers of menstrual cycle awareness like all of my base knowledge comes from them um, and they talk about it yeah in terms of the seasons so if you think about and now the seasons mean different things to different people but essentially like winter is a time where everything's sort of stripped bare it's quite cold you want to like go inward and spend some time being slow as spring comes there's I think about it in terms of like a fresh bud like popping out of the ground it doesn't want too much water or too much sun but it's ready to like you know put the feelers out and see what's out there your energy is sort of picking up a little bit and you're growing some new leaves and then your inner summer is around your ovulatory time and that's like i think for most people summer is a time of you know good vibes high vibes you want to get out there often around this time um estrogen makes you more sort of amicable I guess and like you're really happy to do things for people and happy to be super kind and compassionate and like you know do whatever people need you to do really mm. and then as autumn comes that's a time where you're sort of it's like shedding of the ego a little bit you're more likely to maybe be a bit more forthright with people and honest um some people say like your sort of inner bitch comes out but I mean I say that in a, in a powerful way of like being your honest and authentic self. Mm -hmm. I always find my autumn is a time where I'm super creative. Like I write a lot of poetry around my autumn time. Um, I think you just, it's a time that you really connect yourself. Like all the sparkliness of summer has sort of dropped away and it's just, yeah, the authentic you. And then it just goes back in a, in a cycle again. That's so beautiful. It's a so nice, nice way to think about it. <laughs> yeah. And just from that, it's like you could almost loosely plan throughout your month, like when you have difficult conversations with, say, a family yeah. member or you ask for a raise or if you know you're going to be feeling vulnerable around this time, maybe you don't uh, make yourself super visible in a creative project or a work project or and then if you know you're going to be, your inner bitch is going to be uh, coming out at a certain time, you could probably choose uh, like how you can use her and to yeah, say things exactly. that you've needed to say and do things you've needed to do for a while so that's really empowering to know that yeah exactly once you've got that knowledge about yourself and it might even be that like during spring you realize that that visibility you feel makes you feel a bit like you don't quite enjoy it and that's like a time that you can sort of go deeper into that like why are you feeling that way um, it's just, yeah, it's about like really harnessing like that innate power that each sort of, um, season brings you and using that for your advantage really, which I mean, as, um, I can't remember who said that, but they were like, men don't get to experience that or people that, you know, have male sex hormones don't get to experience all those wonderful things that we get to throughout the, 
the month. So we are very lucky in that regard. If you change your mindset from seeing your cycle as a burden to seeing it as something super empowering and that you can use um, to create mm -hmm. success, that's an amazing mindset shift. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm thinking about people who maybe don't menstruate every month or are really irregular or maybe have stopped for a while. I mean, for me, I, I'm seven weeks postpartum, so I haven't menstruated and that could be months until it comes back. What do you recommend for people who don't, aren't on a regular cycle right now? How can they still reconnect to themselves in that way? Sure. So this is um, where the moon comes in. So it's super important to know that like, even if you're not experiencing a natural cycle or maybe like, let's say you're on the pill and you're wanting to come off or you're pregnant or breastfeeding or going through menopause, then you can still live cyclically because that is the way women are meant to live, you know? So choosing to go with the moon pattern is really useful at this time. So the full moon will be the like the first day of your cycle so you can just start on day one and then take it as it goes that way mm -hmm. this is super helpful thank you so much <laughs> no worries <laughs> because i think there is that danger right of if you don't have your cycle and you're used to living sort of cyclically or knowing even if you even if you're not aware of it you probably know what your energy is like of again going and going and going until you burn yourself out definitely yeah exactly so it's nice to know that you can still just start with the moon and then go with that until maybe you bleed again or even just keep going that way. Cause some people can go years without bleeding. So that's really empowering yeah, as well. Exactly. And I mean, the moon is so powerful, like energetic shifts of the moon impact people in so many ways, whether you realize it or not. So it's definitely a great way to go. Yeah, exactly. Georgia, I think this is a great place to start wrapping up. Like this is all my questions for today. You are so knowledgeable and <laughs> I love going on your page as well because it really feels like, it kind of feels like a big sister kind of informing people the way you share a lot of yourself because it does take a lot of vulnerability to publicly talk about your cycle, your emotions. And so I really commend you for doing that. Thank you. That's really kind. It's nice. Like for me, I just love doing it. I think because I, like had that lack of connection to everything for so long. I just like love that it is impacting people in a positive way and they can, you know, get some amazing things out of it. Yeah, definitely. For everyone listening, how can they find you? Sure. So my um, Instagram page is going menstrual. So you'll find everything on there. Um, I have a Facebook group as well, but I'm in the process at the moment of um, getting together all my sort of uh, programs and offers and things to start getting more information out to everyone. Awesome. And soon you'll be able to find her awesome video in the Salty Club. So that will be soon as well. And yeah. The Salty Club is your online optimized wellness platform for adventurous women. For $9.99 a month, you have access to surf-inspired workouts, yoga classes, guided meditations, recipes, workshops and interviews just like this one. And everyone gets a seven-day free trial. Visit thesalty.club. That's thesalty, S-A-L-T-Y, dot club, C-L-U-B.